Welcome to Chasing the Upside, conversations about living the FPL life. In today's episode with Alex Michelle, we chat about how to banish FOMO forever, the mental effects of the game, and what the best piece of FPL advice he has ever been given. Freelance writer, Pep Guardiola predictor, and FBL expert Alex Michelle. Welcome to Chasing the Upside. How are you? Hi, Ben. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I'd like to start um, with, well, to well to go back to the start of your FPL relationship. So where is a good place to begin with your relationship with, uh, with FPL? Yeah, so for me, I mean, I played football growing up. I loved the game and loved watching. I mean, I watched El Clasicos with friends growing up and then gone to the Premier League when I was around 14 or 15 years old. And it was really in my final year of high school here, secondary school, when a group of friends wanted to start an FPL draft league. And so I started playing with them, sort of, I would say the, for from where we stand, it's the sort of Americanized version of FPL because everyone over here is used to, you know, American football drafts and whatnot. But I started doing that and got competitive with friends and really dove into it, started to listen to some podcasts and, and whatnot, being the competitive self that I am. And then from there, it just sort of spiraled into me becoming addicted with the actual game, pretty much. I mean, it's been five or six years since that point. I played draft for three seasons. I got into the regular FPL at, in the final season of that, and I've been playing you know, the regular regular FPL mode for four seasons now, I believe. So pretty much from there, I just, uh, you know, became part of the the Twitter community, which is Masso, as you know. And then within the past year, year and a half, I've started to become a writer for, for FPL and, and other things and really become sort of a quote unquote co- content creator on Twitter regarding FPL and, and City. Perfect. So a quick question about those draft leagues then. Um, so the friend, the, gr- the group of friends that you were doing that with, are any of them still doing it now or are they as uh, as competitive as you? Have they sort of continued um, their sort of FPL journey or is it just you that is now sort of way ahead? No, there, there's definitely a strong group of us. I have a, a group chat with four other guys and three out of the four of those guys have have played since the start. And so I think back then we we like would group we would grab a few other friends that we knew just to make up the numbers. But <laughs> no, there's pretty much four of us who have been together since then. And I was the one who convinced them to finally move away from draft and start an actual mini league. And so we've done that and been really competitive in that. And then I also have, I would say, two or three other friends alongside those the, the other three that were aforementioned who are also really sort of hardcore with the game. So I, I have a nice group of like five, six, seven. American friends who who are all really really invested in FPL and, and in the community. But I think I think that's the beauty of FPL, isn't it? Um, or any any fantasy game is that, of course, you have you're playing for yourself and you've got that competition against yourself and everybody in the league. But there's that camaraderie and the it's an overused word, but banter with with all the people. Um, and so there's definitely two sides, like two positive sides to to FPL. So that's awesome how you've you've kept on going. 100 percent. it's great to be able to have something to talk about with those friends and you know keep in touch with them because i'm sure i'd be friends with them if not but who knows i don't think i would talk to them as regularly as i do yeah yeah well it, it's that common ground all the time isn't it 
that's the thing that's mm-hmm. the thing awesome so in t- if we sort of shift to your this is quite a wide question but and you might not even be able to answer it in a sort of a, a quick way and that's fine too but if you think about the general game weeks fpl fpl game weeks from from week to week and you've got a tough decision to make in terms of transfers or you know using wild cards or whatever whatever the, the chips may be can you talk us through your decision process is it quite structured or are you are you a gut feel player how, how does that work yeah I'll, I'll try to somehow synthesize everything because i feel like you know one of the difficult things is like i'm so involved on twitter and in the community that you get so much noise that it can be hard to filter everything out i think that's something that we, we can probably come back to later but uh for me fpl as i see it is more a sort of device to be able to analyze football like obviously there are way more ways to go deep into football analysis tactical analysis that doesn't involve fpl but at the same time it provides a sort of impetus to actually do those things in the first place you know like i've done a lot of tactical anal- uh, tactical analysis in the past few months and it's something that i like really enjoy and love outside of fpl but fpl just gives me a lens to look through things and to sort of be able to hone in that focus and so for me whenever i'm making those decisions part of it is looking at stats part of it is looking through the eye test and actually watching games myself i think there's sort of like that all sort of gets mixed in together and muddied i don't i'm not someone who who goes and just looks at all the stats and picks the top players looks at projected points I sort of combine that 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 feel for the game and the the more analytical side of things. And then once you get later down in the week, you know, you generally have an idea of where you want to go with your moves or your decisions. And I would say that come the end of the week, when I do make those final decisions, I really am sort of a gut call manager. You know, I like you can you can I'm sort of a person who believes that you can make an argument for anything. If I wanted to bring in player A compared to player B, I can make an argument either way and convince myself of it. So at the end of the day, there's that sort of emotional and entertainment aspect to things where if I go with the call that I didn't feel right with in the beginning and it doesn't come off, I'm going to feel terrible. Whereas if I go with the call that you know feels right in, in my heart and soul, then even if it doesn't come off, I'll still feel, feel good about what I did and know that at the end of the day, I made the decision that was true to myself. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. You said loads of interesting stuff there. So, um, well, let's go back to something you mentioned just at the start, the noise and decision making, because um, sort of on on Twitter or X, on one day we'll, I'll start saying X, um, but for now it's Twitter <laughs> and then and then people say X, don't they? Um, but yeah, you can you can be really you can be completely influenced by what what you see time and time again well and what's weird is that it only takes a couple of people for that momentum to start and then for days and days you see the same thing and then you say this you see the same teams the same players and and to have that conviction of decision making no i'm going to go against that um but then i suppose it can go the other way because i know absolutely hand on heart that because the mental game of fpl is so acute isn't it that I've even thought, right, if if I put X in and seemingly the Twitter community or everybody that I'm playing against, quote unquote, 
is doing the opposite. If he bangs, I'm going to feel so shit. I'm going to feel really bad. So actually, it's a sort of a, um, you can actually do it as a safety play, as in, well, if he doesn't bang, at least everybody else hasn't gained rank. So there's so many things that go into it, isn't there? So how do you how do you filter out the noise, or do you, or, or, or is that something that you struggle with? Well, one hundred percent. It's it's something that I've really had to grow into in the past three four years because I, I went from being in the beginning of my sort of FPL journey, this manager who who didn't really know too much, listened to a few podcasts, and then followed a few accounts on Twitter. That was sort of it, and then slowly slowly started listening to more podcasts started to follow more and more people on twitter and i would say last season especially it reached the point where and and last season was the season where i really started to become known as a content creator on twitter so that played a part in things but last season was really the one where i think i struggled the most in terms of decision making because I was being connected with so many more people than before. I had so many more voices in my like in my ear telling me what to do. And yeah, exactly as you said, I think the you know there there are so many smart people in in the Twitter community that you can go and and pick any of their perspectives and just sort of listen to their advice. Pick one or two names and you'll probably be really well off for it. Like if there's anyone who's listening to this who's a beginner FPL manager, I, I don't think that's there's anything wrong in that because you get someone who has a lot of experience, a lot, a wealth of knowledge at your disposal, and you can sort of unpack their their uh, sort of understanding of the game and the reason that they make those moves. The difficult thing is exactly what you said. When you start to see 10, 15, 20 names start to all make the same move, and you do know that some of those people are just sort of regurgitating. what It's just sort of like a game of telephone at that point. So I think for me, there have been two main aspects to it. One of them has been cutting down the the number of sources that I actually invest my like time into and and mental into. In that, you know, there there are some accounts out there that I know are great, but I just don't agree with personally, or I know that you know my logic doesn't always align with theirs. So yeah, I might read their tweets, but I don't, you know, take in their advice at all. It just sort of goes in one ear out the other. And then there are other people who whose opinion I really trust, whose sort of perspective on the game I know aligns closely to mine. And there's are the sort of content that I really try to dig into and, and really take stock into. And then the other part of it is knowing that at this point, you know, four seasons in for myself, I have a good enough grasp of the game where I can trust in my own decision making. You know, I, I feel confident enough where if I didn't have Twitter at all, and it was literally just me and maybe some friends. And that's the only thing that I base my decision making on. I feel like I would do really well at the game. And so for me this season, and one of the changes that I've made actually is I haven't posted a screenshot of my team once because I think that's another big aspect of it. But for me this season, it's I've been able to, and I don't know how long this will last, but I've been able to read a lot of content and at the same time, just sort of separate in my mind. Okay, this is all that I'm reading. And this is actually what I'm thinking. And sometimes I have like, sometimes, like I said, like there are people who I listen to and I really take stock in their advice and I incorporate it into my own thinking. But for the most part, I've really been able to isolate my own, you know, perspective of the game. And I can't really describe what's switched there, just sort of a level of maturity, I guess, where I've reached the point where I can really put full full faith in my perspective on the game and really just go for that. And last week it really came through because I ended up triple captain in Holland for 20 points. And 
that's just a prime example of it is, is if I listened to the crowd and listened to all the noise, there's I would have been scared shitless and, and not done that. But you know, I trusted in my decision making, my own analysis, and and hey, it worked out in the end. I I saw that the 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 triple captain um and and when it came in and and for the first, the weird thing about that game is that uh after 30 minutes like city just had i think city didn't even have a shot on target um <laughs> so if you're watching that live you must have been thinking oh no um oh, so a question that's just come to me that's related to that then so so you obviously you made the you know the announcement that you, you were going for that triple captain and obviously it worked out incredibly well half an hour in where it wasn't looking so good take us back to were you thinking i'm potentially if this goes wrong i'm annoyed for my team or am i or are you going to be annoyed because you've got you know the nature of social media you're going to have loads of people to say what you're doing um what a what a what a what a silly decision so yeah talk us through what you're thinking 29 30 minutes into the uh, city fulham game yeah, I mean, being such a big city fan myself, the thing that was different in that first 30 minutes was that Phil Foden was playing as a touchline winger rather than as an interior midfielder. And so I saw that right away. And uh, I, I don't normally, you know, tweet tweet during city matches. I like to just watch them and have that, that personal experience because they're my team. Like, that's what I enjoy most throughout, throughout my weeks. But actually, my aunt is the reason I'm a city supporter in the first place. So she's the one person that, that I'll text normally during games. And I was texting her, and we were both pretty much like, what the fuck is Pep doing? Like, why is Foden not in the midfield? And, you know, Doku was starting that game. It, there was sort of a lot that was new. But at the bottom of it, at the core of it, I, I somehow wasn't really spooked 30 minutes in. Like, it didn't really move me in any way because... I knew that once Foden moved inside, I would, there would just be like a lot of relief. And it, and it was still like really frustrating that he didn't start there, but it was literally on the 30 minute mark. They moved Foden inside into midfield. That's when City got their first shot. And from that point forward, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I was, you know, really nervous in that first half an hour because there was a lot to play and just the nature of Holland, even if City don't have a sniff, it's just, it can come at any time. So there was that, but, I don't know. I really was just feeling quite at peace with the decision, even with that first 30 minutes. And once Foden moved there, and especially in the second half, once the, the full system change sort of happened, at that point, I was literally just sitting back and, and relaxing. And, you know, I knew that. And one of the funny things, actually, is there's the Twitter account uh, images of unfortunate FPL events that anything goes wrong, they always tweet it out. And the owner of that account had favorited my triple captain call the night before. So I knew that was sitting there in the bank. And I knew that if it went wrong, there would be a tweet immediately that got hundreds of likes. But hey, it's the part of the game. And I had to keep faith in the, in the decision. And so quite surprisingly, honestly, I wasn't really nervous throughout the whole thing. I was honestly at peace. And even once he was at two goals and the time was ticking, I just felt that that hat trick was coming. And I was just sat back enjoying it. And when it did come, I was ecstatic. That's maybe there's something that a few minutes ago you were talking about decision making and you know it feels a lot worse if you feel like that it wasn't really your decision but you've done it for the wrong reasons. Obviously you were so clear in that decision why you did it. Like if it did if it did fail um and you would have ended up on that 
Twitter account. <laughs> um, maybe you would have been quite serene about it because logically you went through the, the decision process and you realized, right, this is it. This is where I'm going to go. And what, and, and that's a nice thing and about FPO, isn't it? Because if you're, if you're confident in your decision process, then that's all you can control because there's nothing you can do about what happens on, on the pitch. So that that's lovely to, to, to hear that whatever the result, potentially you would have been happy with that. 100%, yeah. Um, and we could probably talk for another 90 minutes about Pep and Foden and about yeah. what's actually going on there because there's, there's something, isn't there? Let's face it. But um, yeah, we won't, we won't. You won't go down that <laughs> rabbit hole at all. Um, good stuff. So um, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that the last season was your your best season in terms of your relationship with the game potentially, because um, maybe you're that more experienced. And I would I would agree with that. Um, I think that towards the end of last season, my I shifted just because I was really busy with work and everything, and I wasn't actually consuming that much content at all, maybe a couple of podcasts. So I just simplified everything. I said, is there is there a 100% move that would improve this team, basically? So for instance, if there's an injury, get someone in, that's a 100% move. Um, and, and so if you can get as close to that as possible on your transfer decisions, that that made a huge difference to me because one of the one of the things that drives you crazy and drives everybody crazy is those 50-50 decisions. And obviously what happens is the bloke that you you uh, you transfer out hauls straight up straight away. Every every time, every damn time. Literally. And and even if it's not every time, there's that bias that it is every time. Um so so it goes back to yeah, maybe consuming a slightly less, taking in less information and that and that improves your game too. I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think probably the biggest aspect of that that I would call out is like FOMO, the fear of missing out. Because if you're sat there in, in a room alone, like going back to that hypothetical where you're playing FPL just by yourself and you have that 50-50 move, you probably don't really feel any anxiety to miss out on a player. Like I'll, I'll give this coming week as an example. We have Spurs home to Sheffield. Sheffield United, <laughs> a lot. Um, and everyone knows, of course, if you're playing FPL on paper and by yourself, I'm sure you'd look at that fixture and say, that's a damn tasty fixture. I want, I want a piece of that. And then the other side of it is you go on Twitter and you see all these accounts and you see everyone with their Spurs triple up or everyone transferring in Sun and Madison this week. And you start to get that anxiety of, yeah. I'm missing out on something here, knowing that well, either of those players could score 15, 20 points this week, and it, it'd be a large opportunity miss. But you go back to what you were saying, and maybe you look at your own midfield in your team, and there's just no one to budge there. You have five really good picks. There's no reason to make that move in the end unless you feel deep down that, that it really is the best move. So I think that's the main thing is that, for me at least, you know, when you have a lot of voices in your head, you're taking in a lot of opinions, and a lot of those opinions are pointing in the same direction. That's really when that you know psychological bias and anxiety really starts to kick in because you want to be part of the crowd deep down. Like there's there's always going to be that part of us that wants to follow that move, especially if we 
have any belief that that move is a good one. And so I think that that leads to a lot of these 50-50 decisions where you go with the pick that is quote-unquote popular or trendy at the moment. And maybe you didn't even feel like it was the right move. Maybe you just made it because you felt like it was the thing you had to do. And I think that's the biggest thing of trying to break away from that or like break that down and trying to, you know, sort of know when you feel that that bias, like have those motions run through you. You can't block those out completely. It's it's impossible. But you have to be able to sort of separate those emotions from the decision if you want. Some people don't want to. That's perfectly fine. But, you know, breaking that down and, and understanding, am I really making this move because I want to make the move or am I making the move just because other people are? And I think exactly like you said, a really good way to approach FPL is, you know, if you don't have any issues, there's nothing to fix. You know, it's it's a game like that where you can, there's always something to improve on, but it, it's always the margins. How big are you improving on it? Is is it foolproof in any way? And, you know, I think once you, I think the only way to become better at it, honestly, is just to keep playing FPL and do it over and over again and keep making yeah. mistakes until you keep punching yourself in the head and, you know, fin- finally turn around and, and are like, okay, what am I doing here? Like, why am I making all these decisions? I think that's the only way to go about it, really. But it, it does take a while to get there. And I think once you reach that point in the end where you're able to sort of separate those things and you know, sort of assess yourself, okay, I'm feeling this because of this way, that's when you really become sort of at peace with your decision-making. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the moment that I dug a bit deeper in terms of data, not too deep, but projected points, because I think, again, the narrative without thinking about things deeply is that, well, this player is so much better than that player over five weeks. They are going to absolutely demolish that player side by side. And then you look at the projected points and roughly, unless they're a really elite player in between four and five points every week on on average. And so then it comes back to, okay, well, if there's no real clear winner or the fixtures are obviously fixtures is, is a huge part of it. But again, you're just giving yourself information on which to base your decisions on. Um, and then even if it goes wrong, you could say, well, okay, well, I followed my process and, and that's that really. Has your, um, has your relationship changed with, with, with FPL over, over the seasons that you've been doing it since you've taken it more seriously? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I've always been really invested in it. You know, I think even from four seasons back, the time that I spent on it per week, or at least spent thinking about it, is pretty much the same. I mean, I spend like a fair, I spend a lot of hours during the week thinking about FPL because it's sort of my vice in that way. And I, I would say that sort of similar to what you were saying, you went through last season where you didn't really have time for it at points and you were becoming disengaged with content and whatnot. I definitely faced that when I was going through my final two years at uni. Because, you know, you just don't have time for FPL every week. There'd be times where I, I just sort of, yeah, listen to a podcast, read read an article or two, and then make my decisions that way. But for the most part, when I do have that time to think about it, I'm, you know, I, I think the time spent has remained more or less the same, but it's the process that I'm taking to get to that final decision that has quite drastically changed. And I think this just goes back to that, the sort of, first point that I said where FPL for me is really a device for football analysis where I'm on wildcard this week for uh, game week five and 
the analysis that I've done in the past five, six days is night and day compared to the level of analysis that I was doing two seasons ago. And that really just comes down to my understanding of the Premier League, my understanding of how FPL works and being able to know what to look at. And you can you can spend 10 hours on research compared to someone else who spends an hour on research. And if they have a more efficient method, they're going to reach the same conclusions that you do in less time. And so I don't think it's all about time. Like that's sort of what I made it out to seem in the beginning. But for me, it's really like the way that it has evolved is really about the the process and the means to getting to that end. And knowing what to look at and knowing what not to look at in, in that sense. I think that's the thing that has changed the most. How, I don't know if you've totted this up, but how many roughly, you know, on a, on a, on a normal game, maybe this week is, is slightly different if you're wildcarding because, you know, that's a big decision, isn't it? You know, <laughs> um, especially yeah. on, on, on week five. Um, but how many hours would you say you, you dedicate to the, I'm just going to say FPL, and that would obviously be your your content, your writing, you know, engaging with people, um, and obviously the research as well. How much? How much? You know, life does it take up? Yeah, I mean, I'll try to break it down into different parts. I mean, in terms of watching games, I'll typically watch four to five of the games each game week, depending on how the TV schedule lines up. So that there is, is six to eight hours. And then in terms of my content, if we're talking about a regular content week, I'll have my my city predictions take about two to three hours in total. And then if I release a thread or, or a piece of analysis, the threads are typically you know an hour to two hours of work, but the analysis can sometimes get up to five to 10 hours of work. So I'd say roughly in there of like four to six hours there on average, I would say. So right away there, that's like 10 to 14 hours of sort of actual like work and man hours being put in if we're considering watching football as that and then alongside that it's more just you know like it, it comes and goes so, it's sort of whenever I have free time it's sort of like you know people go to the bathroom if they have an office job and they play games on their phone like it's just sort of that of like whenever I'm bored if I ever if I ever have time to think about stuff you know it's normally FPL I have like I have a little notebook that I keep a lot of notes in and so if I ever have an idea, like I'll, I'll jot it down. And it's hard to say because, like, those come, it could be five minutes here, five minutes there. But I don't know, probably like a considerable, a considerable amount of hours there, probably another like five to six hours on top of that. So I don't know, what are we looking at? Like two to three hours a day, probably over the, the average of, of the week. Maybe I'm underselling that a bit, but yeah, probably right around there. Yes, yeah, that's quite an investment, isn't it? Do you, do yeah. you, uh, do you ever get fatigued by it? Do you ever think I'm just a bit sick of FPL this week? Or is it or does your motivation still, you know, peak and trough, but it still just gets you through because of potentially your, you know, your career aims in terms of your writing career and things like that. Um, but yeah, do you get yeah, are you a bit for FPL FPL fatigued at, at points? For the most part, no. That's good. Maybe that's just because I'm still young and relatively new to it and it's just the thing that my mind is sort of fascinated by at the moment i would say that last season and you did say before i i would clarify like last season was probably my worst experience playing fpl not not one of the clearest and that was because i was you know becoming accustomed to being a content creator and having more and more voices on on twitter come at me every single day whether it's criticizing a move that i make whether it's raising a point that i didn't consider 
so that was the most difficult part of it. And I think that's, uh, there were points during last season when I did become overwhelmed by it and want to break from it simply because, you know, when you're putting out, especially, in, and this goes back to me not posting my teams this season, is that when you post your teams, whether it's at the end of the game week, everyone will always post there. Okay, here's my screenshot of my team. Here are the moves that I made, et cetera. On that, you'll always get comments that are like, oh, why'd you do that? Like, why didn't you do this? There's always that aspect to it. And I found that really, really unhelpful. And then also it, during the week, if you if you ask a, you know, very, very innocent question, like, hey, what do you guys think about player A versus player B? And you start to get people, you know, raising other points or really being like, why would you even consider player B in the first place? I think that that aspect of things where you sort of get the, the online trolls into it and you have a lot of voices coming in there that you start to like just have in the back of your in the back of your mind that was when i really you know wanted to break from things and especially when those go wrong especially when you know you post your team you make a move and that move comes off bad and you have a bunch of people in your comments saying you know i told you so or why'd you do that that's when it just gets overwhelming and that's not what fpl is for in my mind like that's that's completely against the spirit of fpl and as to how I view the game and so I think you know once I've once I cut back on that once I experienced that and knew that it was negatively impacting me and this season once I've made that change to you know not post my team like in that forum things have really you know like been really positive since then I haven't had any issues this season granted we're only four game weeks in but no I I think that you know at the end of the day uh you know, just going through that experience and having that and then being able to come to a place where I, I know how I, how to control that level of input and being able to, you know, sit back and just, you know, I guess design FPL to be the best experience for myself possible. And I think that's probably the, the biggest message at the end of the day is that how I enjoy FPL is different from how, you know, my mother who also plays enjoys FPL is different to how my friend enjoys FPL. And for each of us, you know, if, if you try to, you know, change yourself and act like the other person did for a week you'd probably drive yourself crazy just because you have your patterns you like how, how you play the game and yeah it did take me a while to get to this point but I think now where I'm at I've gotten to a point where I, I know how to sort of balance everything and I'll probably have a week or two this season where I become fatigued with it and it gets to be a bit too much but uh, I'm, I've become pretty good at just through that experience of being able to to know when I've reached my limit, sort of, and know when I've gone in too deep and knowing when I'm, you know, not spending enough time on it for my liking. Has it has it affected you? I mean, you mentioned there that with the comments and things and obviously the, the potential pressure that having uh, a very public account and obviously the amount of content that you put out there, you're, you are pushing yourself out there to, to be shot at to a, to a certain extent. And you know what? um social media is like isn't it it's um it's it's one of those you know lots of positive things but obviously lots of negative things um did did that affect you mentally um and the second part of that question if it did did that spoil the game for you in any way or could you separate it yeah it definitely did impact me negatively at times uh and it's not even always about my exact moves but also last season especially there would be times where there would just be some sort of debate within the community like at one point last season I remember there being a big debate about uh you know the the deadline time and and whether it's 
you know, suitable for the game at this point. And I don't even remember what it was at, at this point, but I just remember there was one weekend where I knew I know that that discussion was going on. I can't remember what was going on with my own team, but I, I remember having one really negative weekend last last season where I was just very unhappy with where the game was at. And I think it was only like six, seven, eight game weeks in. And I remember this because one of those weekend mornings, and obviously being in the U.S., the early kickoff most times is at 7.30 a.m. and at the latest 9 a.m. on the weekends. I, I went on a hike with my mother and grandmother and pretty much just tuned out FPL. Like, I just put down my phone. I just went for a nice long hike because I couldn't be asked that week. I just had had enough of Twitter, had enough where it in the end, it's spoiled by, you know, going back to why I enjoy FPL in the first place. It adds an entertainment level to watching the Premier League. And in that particularly particular week, you know, all those negative experiences just forced me to sort of throw aside the entire game and just not even watch, you know, anything besides City that week. So there have been those experiences in the past. And uh, yeah, it's been, like, I would say, for, like, for the large part, it's obviously hard to, you know, remember back on the, the positive times like that um, when, you know, uh, having that exposure online has resulted in positive gain. I, those are very hard to pick out, but you always remember the, those negative moments. And it certainly has, you know, at, at past times become, you know, that negative experience. And I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the second part of the question. What was the, the second part of it? Yeah, you and me both. Um, so it was, <laughs> if, if it has affected you mentally and, and if it had, um, did it, did it spoil the game? But you, but you have, oh, yeah, so, yeah, you yeah, have, yeah, yeah. yeah you, and like, like like the pro that you are, you, you've answered it anyway. So that's, that's absolutely fine. Good stuff. So um, we're going to go on to the final two questions. Um, and it's always nice to end on a on a, a nice positive thing about FPL, because I think that above all, what I'd like this, these conversations to be about, to be about, and this podcast to be about is a celebration of the game that we all love. Um, so with that in mind, um, and you might have you might have even mentioned it earlier, so I don't know. But what is your favorite ever FPL moment? Um, I mean, I kind of have to say this past week with the Holland Triple Captain, because first of all, I've never had a triple captain payout. Uh the first two seasons that I played, I think the the first season that I took FPL seriously, I triple captained Mares home to Burnley when they had Peacock Farrell in goal. It was a very punty Maverick move on the face of it there. City ended up winning 6-0. Mara started, and he didn't get a single goal contribution. Nice. So nice. that was my first triple captain. My second triple captain was Kane in a double game week, who flopped. A very popular captain at the time. My third triple captain last season was Holland again, but it was he, he returned, but then two weeks later, Rashford came in with a 20-point haul. So it... it did away with everything there and so this season i finally got a successful triple captain and uh you know it, it was one that was completely against the crowd so i think that is the obvious answer it's very fresh in my mind and i i don't think i'll look back fondly on it that fondly on it until i sort of get that distance where it becomes sort of nostalgic in that way so it's it's a, a bit weird to say that just a week after it happened but yeah like thinking back to past seasons I really don't have many that stick out and I think that's the that's another thing that you know is really tricky with FPL is you want those highs to remember the game by like at the end of the day when when we look back on 
you know, if you stop playing FPL and look back on it in five years, you want some of those moments where you feel really good about it. But I think maybe it's in part down to how I've played the game in the past. Maybe it's in part down to me just being unlucky and only three or four seasons of playing that I haven't really had many of those moments. Like I remember last season, I was trying to go through like a, a season highlights list. And I think the the sort of quote unquote, like best moment of my season last season was Madison scoring 15 or 16 points in game week eight or nine. And I honestly don't even remember it happening. Like I was, it was only a few months after it happened. I looked back, I was like, wait, I actually had him in my team then. And so, you know, this is one, like this triple captain call is one that, you know, I can't forget because it was my team. It was my, one of my favorite players. There, there was such a big buildup to it. And at the end of the day, it's one of the biggest payoffs that you can get, even though I would still argue that it's quite a menial decision at the end of the day. It's I would definitely say that, that that's got to be the highlight for me. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Um, you know, in 5, 10, 15, you, you mentioned Mares and Burnley. And, um, it's a bit like I would have thought if you're invested in this game, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, very similar to how a piece of music can take you back to a certain point is yeah. um, that FPL moment will, will take you back to where you were, what you're doing in your life, you know, everything around that. Because that, it, it, you know, by definition, if you're putting a lot of time into this game, it, you know, it is just a game. Of course it is. But it's there's still an emotional investment in there, isn't there? So, um, yeah, good choice. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and so finally then... Um, and thank you once again for for taking the time. I know it's nine a.m. where where you are, so thanks for waking up um, reasonably early and and having a chat. Um, but uh, final question: What is the best piece of advice you've ever received um, on being successful as an FPL manager? I think I think it has to be, and this is probably something that you know most people who are listening. If you've been on Twitter before, you probably heard someone say this at some point or another, but. I would like to expand on this a bit because I actually didn't believe in it until this season when yeah, go ahead. I actually went through with it. And it's keep it simple, stupid. That's the K-I-S-S, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid is, I think, definitely the best piece of advice that, that you could give. And what that comes down to is once you have an understanding of how FPL works, you know, this doesn't necessarily apply to any beginners who are just in the, the sort of infancy of their FPL careers because you probably don't know all that much about the game, but for those people that, you know, do become invested in the game and reach a level where they understand the game in and out, at the end of that, you can, you know, once you reach that point, you can sort of become someone who becomes contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, in a sense, where you know the right things to do. You know that the vast majority of people are doing those things. And you probably don't want to be associated with that because you want to be this, you know, free thinker or whatnot. And maybe that's just a certain type of person. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, when you look at your decision making and you come back to everything, you know, keep it simple. Stupid can mean a lot of things for different people. And I think that's the, the brilliancy of that piece of advice is that for some people, keep, keep it simple. Stupid could be you make the move that the the algorithm or your projected points system tells you for some people that's the answer to that for some people keep it simple stupid just means you know make your own decision at the end of the week it's like the thing you were talking about earlier of listening to other people's opinions versus your own for some people th that phrase will just mean stick by your own decision making 
for some people, it'll mean what, what you said before of you only make decisions when they're sort of almost guaranteed net positive. And I think that's the brilliance of that very simple advice is that it can take a whole lot of meaning on for people. And for me, I'd just like to leave it on one point is that I'd been saying that to myself for pretty much like two and a half seasons. It's not like I, I sort of grabbed that piece of advice from someone on Twitter a while ago, and I never really incorporated it into my own thing. I was sort of like skating around that idea, always getting sort of lost in the chaos of FPL midweek. And this season, I've really sort of tuned back the, the sort of wild shouts that I go for, the amount of punts that I go with. And what I realized, you know, my sort of anticipation of things is that if you make a lot of boring decisions, quote unquote, boring decisions, then the game will become more boring because you don't have as much excitement in the game. You don't have your, your Phil Foden's every week or these punty players that bring some level of excitement to the game. And what I've realized this season so far is that in making my team almost as vanilla as ever and sort of limiting the amount of issues that pop up, like game week one, I purposely didn't go for anyone that was an injury risk in the past. And like, I didn't, I wasn't tempted by Reese James, whatever. Um, in that, in doing that, and maybe this is just, you know, the, how the beginning of my season has gone, but I found that FPL has been way more enjoyable when I've had a very basic team compared to how it was when I had, you know, all those crazy players. And I think the reason for that is when I, when you don't have issues popping up every single week, you have so much more flexibility where you have one or two free transfers and you don't have an issue to solve in your team. You don't have a player like Phil Foden who's going to get benched the coming game week. You don't have a player like Reese James who just got injured for, for months, like whatever, whatever that issue is. If, if you keep it simple, and in, in my mind, what, what that means, if you do that, as much as my anticipation of it was that I would have a less enjoyable time playing, I feel it's actually been the opposite, where in having more flexibility and having more sort of openness and having less issues to solve, I've made the game, you know, uh, sort of more open to decision making and process and analysis. And I think for me, at the end of the day, you know, knowing what keep it simple stupid meant to me and being able to follow that has just made the game infinitely more enjoyable than than it was in the past i love that i wonder i wonder if if we spoke in three or four seasons time that would so keeping you know the templated team or making those decisions reasonably easy or simple every week i wonder if that's still going to be the same because again that's that's the beauty <laughs> isn't it because I, what I love about FPL, and it's a bit like um, what they say about poker, isn't it? They they say that, you know, you can learn it in five minutes, but it takes a lifetime to master because of all the things around it. And FPL is very much like that. The moment you think, oh, okay, well, I've, I've sorted this, um, some something will happen because of the dynamic nature of, of, uh, of uh, well, the Premier League. So, yeah, love that. Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if your, if your overall sort of strategy is is the same in in a few years time but uh awesome well alex thank you so much um for 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 talking to me today i've had really really good chat and i think anybody tuning in will um yeah i just think there's been a real window into potentially how to think about fpl there's lots of nuggets there there's lots of takeaways so yeah thank you so much for for taking the time to speak to me yeah, thank you for having me on, Ben. Thanks for the opportunity. It was, yeah, super wonderful conversation. I think these are the conversations that I enjoy the most in, in FPL. And, you know, you don't, you don't have them too often, so it, it was really nice to do.